doesn't it sound so much better in here? It sounds sounds much nicer in this room. You guys sound amazing. <laughs> I want to be that burning ember in the corner watching you guys go on it. I, I have no response for that. Oh. I'm, I'm already at a loss for words, and that's not a good thing for a podcast. <laughs> oh, that's not. So, so anyway, how are you? <laughs> it's good to be here in this dark room. <laughs> Before we get going today, because I can already tell that we're going to get going pretty quickly, I do want to introduce our guest, if that's okay. Yes, please. Okay, just wanted just wanted Where to is make he? sure. <laughs> Has he arrived? Before uh, we came down here today, I asked Doug what you did, and he still hasn't finished telling me. From the car ride down through dinner <laughs> to us getting back here, that's how much stuff that you're involved in. I know you're here today on BitFace mm-hmm. to promote Show Devils number four. Number four. But you do so much more than all of that. So proud to introduce to everybody before I know we go off on a million tangents, just based on the room I'm sitting in right now. It's Daniel Crozier. Thank you. Yeah. It's a hoarder's nightmare. <laughs> it's, or maybe it's incredible. It's a, or maybe it's a hoarder's dream. Look at all this shit. I want to cover it around myself. <laughs> it's a little overwhelming, but it's also awesome. I mean, it, this, this is not something I, I would say that Eric or I get to experience very often. You artists live in a different world. And it, it, it really is an episode of hoarders. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the best way to describe it to, to your listeners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but thanks for uh, having me on the show. Uh, yeah. And thanks for coming up from uh, Colorado Springs. Not a problem at all. We, we love to travel and, I've never done a podcast in an art studio before, so this is a first. And driving in here today, Mm. the over-under on street fights that have happened in this vicinity has to be over 100, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, easily. Yeah, yeah, no, very much so. Um, Yeah, I think Warriors was shot here. They said it was set in New York, but I don't believe that. (laughs) It was set right here outside. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. When this place probably was a slaughterhouse, this also you know doubled as uh, 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 the subway station. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's it's a very cool place to have a studio from the drive-in to when I walked in here today. So you've got to be working on a million things in here right now. But I know before mm-hmm. that, you want to talk about Show Devils, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, Show Devils is uh, a comic book uh, uh, conceived with uh, the sideshow performer, The Enigma. He used to be on uh, X-Files, uh, I think the second season, uh, episode 23, Humbug. Um, so back then, you know, he was just freshly gritted out with his puzzle tattoos and was rolling with, uh, you know, Jim, uh, Rose. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, that's probably what everybody knows him from is, uh, Jim Rose, uh, circus X files, the occasional Ripley's believe it or not appearances. And then he's just been touring around the, the world, uh, doing sideshow and tattoo conventions for the last 27 years. Um, you know, doing all the working man acts, falling swords, uh, juggling chainsaws, um, you know, uh, uh, sucking, uh, uh, pole, uh, electrified, uh, <laughs> Jedi knight, um, yeah, lightsaber pole. Um, so he swallows that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He's, he definitely won one ups, uh, Darth Maul. Um, but I met him, uh, back in 2007 with his, uh, then partner, uh, Serena Rose and they had an outfit called uh, show devils and it was fantastic. It was, you know, basically sideshow 
uh, with, uh, quite the, you know, George and Gracie, you know, routine. Um, so it was a lot of, you know, fun on stage, bickering, bantering, you know, back and forth and stuff while they were doing all their death defying stunts. And, and, uh, and I think, uh, you know, 2010 when I, uh, met them, uh, it was in a dark arts, uh, festival in uh, Kentucky of all places. And, uh, you know, late at night, uh, we'd go to the IHOP there where everybody was doing copious amounts of cocaine and that was the best fucking service I've ever had because of it. So attentive. I mean, fuck, they would, you know, as soon as I spilled the maple syrup, they were there to catch it, you know, it's like, shit, that's amazing. That's okay. Don't waste the maple syrup. Let's go. So, um, yeah, so we got to talking. It's like, I'm a fucking action figure. No, clearly you are, you know, you have the Kung Fu action grip. You know, we should definitely do a comic book series. So we, we did the one and that kind of segued into doing a, a couple issues. And, and uh, we, you know, it was very much in the vein of like um, Devil's Rejects meets Scooby-Doo, you know, fun for the whole family. Uh, I roll my eyes. Uh, no, but it's it, it, it's it's a lot of fun. And, um, uh, you know, it's uh, the closest you know, I could come to like, you know, something like Hellboy. Uh, but it's like with real people. So it's, you know, it's, it's great to have them at book signings at your booth at, uh, the comic cons and stuff. And, you know, he, he, everywhere he goes, you know, it's always attracting attention, you know, just no matter what, you know, people find him in the truck stalls. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, sure. I'll, I'll take a, a photo with your penis. That's fine. Stick it through the glory hole. <laughs> little piece for you. A little memory. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope this is R rated cause that's all I know. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> feel free to, to go in any direction that you want to go. Oh, in that case. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we did that. We did that for a couple of years. Uh, I, I always brought in uh, local talent. I would write the book. I would do the covers, but uh, I think issue two is the only one that I actually co-illustrated one of the short stories. Yeah, I would always do little vignettes and, uh, you know, they would have, uh, you know, connecting story threads and characters and stuff. But uh, I always really wanted to get uh, a large variations of uh, different depictions of, you know, these characters of Enigma, of Serena, and then later, you know, their uh, their other real friend, uh, Shay, who kind of dresses up like uh, um, a uh, guy on safari. And uh, one of his best stage acts is he likes to, you know, drink a gallon of water and then throw it up on stage. That's a, a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. Yeah, he, he does that. And usually he does that while somebody else is doing another routine, telling jokes or doing stand up and stuff. And, you know, meanwhile, he's drinking to just one punchline. So is he pissed off that David Blaine stole his act and took it onto the Jimmy Kimmel show? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't even think he pays attention. He might not <laughs> even know who David Blaine is. So, um but, uh, yeah, I mean, these, these are the guys that are on the road, you know, 24 seven, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much what they do. They live out of their car and, and, uh, they're just going to the next gig. And that's basically the comic book. They're always going to the next gig and, you know, they're always, you know, hindered by some unsuspecting thing. And it's, you know, in the comic is usually something supernatural, which is kind of the, the running joke because Enigma always told me, don't ever write anything supernatural, write real, real situation type stuff. Okay. I'm writing supernatural shit. Sure. <laughs> that sounds good. We'll do that. You figure out a way to 
to get out of that shit. So I've got them fighting shit demons and in, uh, in issue four, I've got them fighting. Um, well, actually he's not fighting. He's just observing a serial killer out to get them, but the serial killer is really clumsy. <laughs> so he's, and he carries a big scythe and you know, he's just not very good at what he does at all. So, uh, and then, uh, um, like a, a troop of burlesque performers that form this, uh, humunculus, you know, type, uh, you know, uh, titty twirling, uh, structure and, uh, you know, go after the enigma and the guys and stuff. So, and that, that pretty much, uh, this ends the series and it sets it up so that enigma can go on, uh, on his own solo career, you know, uh, wandering the wastelands, righting wrongs, running rights, you know, whatever, uh, just like King. So part four is the last of the show devils. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, we've got some, uh, great talents, um, yeah, in, in show devils, uh, number four, uh, Dion Harris, who's just coming off of, uh, the burning metronome, which has gotten a huge, uh, reception. Uh, JJ Mc, uh, J James, uh, McFarlane, who's, uh, the, the guy's, the guy's a fucking machine. He, uh, it's fun talking to him on the phone cause he doesn't know what day it is. He doesn't really sleep. Um, so, you know, he's working on projects that he can't remember what he just worked on. Uh, you know, so every, every project kind of bleeds into themselves and it's, but his output is amazing. Yeah. He's, he's working on to, to deviate a little bit. He's working on storyboards for, um, uh, camp crash right now. So he's doing the, the finishes. I did the, the layouts and, uh, he's like, Oh, I have that done, you know, by Friday. It's probably already done. I talked to him like a couple hours ago. It's, I'm pretty sure it's done. That's, that's how efficient this guy is. And then, uh, my friend, uh, Rio Burton, she's, she's, she's just a wonderful, fantastic artist. And she's really, uh, starting to take off. She's up in Fort Collins and she's almost, uh, as, uh, um, as much of a workhorse as James is, but I know she sleeps. So, so that's nice. Um, and then, yeah, in, in the past few years, uh, I've been working with, uh, guys like, uh, um, Carl Christian Crumfoltz, who's, who's just kind of blown up on, on the local scene and, uh, doing some fantastic, uh, you know, autobiography, uh, work. Um, uh, and he's, he's the first illustrator that tackled, uh, the first story, the 32 page story and, uh, told me what a shitty writer I am. And, uh, <laughs> but, but because of that, it made me a better writer, I think, because, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, this is a guy who actually knows how to do both illustrate and write and, and write really well. And, uh, you know, forced me to, uh, you know, learn a thing or two from him. And then, uh, yeah, after I was done working with him, I threw that all out the door and, uh, you know, went back to my shitty ways. Uh, but, uh, you know, working with, uh, you know, we talked about Stan Yan. He's an issue too. Joy and Yates from uh, Ninjago, the Lego comic series. And then, uh, Joe Oliver, who's a, a local hero and, uh, Gerard, uh, Kaihue, um, who's, uh, uh, a frequent, uh, collaborator of mine, uh, He's also a producer on, on the, this uh, Camp Crash film project, too. But, uh, yeah, so uh, right now we got the Kickstarter for Show Devils number four out, and uh, it's slowly grudging along, so we definitely need all the love and support you guys can you know throw at it. But we've got great incentives. Uh, we're reprinting the, the first three issues, um, so that's available, as well as you know number four. Uh, we've got the Enigma mask, which we did on uh, the TV show Making uh, Monsters on Travel Channel. And that was with uh, the animatronics company uh, Distortions Unlimited up in Greeley. Uh, they had that TV show. And then um, um, and I also did uh, Distortions uh, comic book back in the day, too. 
So I think I've got the latex uh, cover floating around here somewhere. But um, yeah, um, so that's that, that's kind of it. Um, but yeah, yeah. For those of you listening, go to Kickstarter, look up Show Devils number four, and uh, you know, uh, support uh, local and independent uh, you know creatives and creative art. And we'll include a link to the Kickstarter campaign oh. in the show notes, in addition to any other thing that we end up talking about, because I know that you've got a myriad of, of projects. So we'll make sure our, our listeners know where to find all of that information. You mentioned Camp Crash, and we were talking mm-hmm. about that ahead of the recording for the people that are, are listening to this podcast. What's Camp Crash? Okay. So uh, Camp Crash is the next uh, film project. Uh, previously, I uh, co-directed a, a mockumentary called Isolation Man based off of uh, my Vanished Tear uh, comic book, The Sexy Thing, which your listeners can't see. Haha, <laughs> tease. Um, but uh, uh, so we put that out last year, and that was pretty fun. It, it's, uh, it's a nice, you know, trash film. Um, and, uh, you know, got, got into – we were uh, officially um, – rejected from each and every film festival that we submitted to which is which is fine because you know everybody that we've uh, showed it to they they enjoy it it's you know it is what it is it's a trashy film it's raunchy it's fucking uh, allow me to uh to do a reading real quick from, yes i guess the should. first page yes you should god i could use a whore from the deep south really raunchy yeah, yeah, that's 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 a comic. Uh, so we, we use uh, uh, some more uh, uh, poetic language in the film. Um, you know, it being not scripted, you know, it's kind of very much off the, the cuff. Oh, you um, went unscripted. Completely unscripted, which was probably a mistake for everybody that I was acting against or uh, opposite. <laughs> which part did you play? Uh, I played the vanished tear. Um, yeah, there's a lot of nude scenes, and I was like, well, you know, uh, uh, well, pseudo nude. I was down to my uh, uh, my tidy whities, which by the end of the shoot were tidy brownies, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's we, we a lot of it was uh, shot out in the South Platte River, which you know, it's you know, if if you do that, make sure you have uh, first aid kits and uh, 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 power jets to scrub your your first or second layer of skin off antibiotics know. oh man a myriad at least <laughs> so, yeah just you know oh god yeah you you really do have to vaccinate yourself for you know going into that third world country of a uh, river and there's a, a trailer at least that people can see for isolation man right i, yeah. I want to say that you were talking about that at denver comic-con last year and i mm-hmm. had had seen the trailer so we'll uh, yeah there's some clips We'll include a link to that. Is that sure. something that people can find in its entirety online? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually uh, made available on uh, Vimeo. Um, Vimeo, okay. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and I can make uh, that link uh, available to you guys and um, and everything. But uh, yeah, that was that was a really fun project. Um, but since then, you know, learned some uh, some really good lessons on uh, filmmaking, what what to do, what uh, never to do again, and. Uh, um, and uh, we, we decided to uh, put together this project called Camp Crash. Uh, at the time, I was thinking about it. I was, I was you know, looking at moving into the studio that I'm in now. It's, it's at the, the location, uh, Grace, uh, over on uh, 50th Avenue, off Washington, off I-70. You know, and you know, this is Globeville. So it's basically, yeah, basically the whole area is uh, pretty much one garbage dump. Um, which is pretty interesting. That might account for some of the, uh, the more uh, alluring uh, smells. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this, this facility was a, a slaughterhouse. Uh, from what I understand, mostly 
um, slaughtering lambs. So you, there was no silence to be had. Yeah, and around on the property, it's this massive stockyard. And it, it, at the time, it was filled with all this uh, refrigeration equipment used and broken shit and stuff. And it's just like, oh, my God. And I had just gotten yeah, acquainted with uh, um, Mad Max Fury Road. It's like, oh, what? What, what, yeah, what a lovely film. It's like, oh, God. So I, I soaked that one up. And, uh, yeah, that was on my mind. I look at this place. It's like, yeah, we got to do some Mad Max shit here. And, and uh, what, what, you know, it's like, what can we do? It's like, I just want to use this location, just that, because I'm a person that doesn't have a lot of resources. So I don't want to do uh, stuff that requires tons of locations. But, you know, a spot that we can redress as you know new sets you know day in and day out if need be just um and uh so that's that's kind of how that came to be and it was like oh well you know camp summer camp movies those happen at one location summer camp you know oh meatballs that's that's the the fucking you know pinnacle of uh, all the the summer camp movies so i, I wrote a script as you know kind of loosely based off of uh meatballs and and uh, and mad max you know it's, you know, influenced by, by those two. And, and, uh, we came up with, um, this idea of, uh, having, uh, these 30 or 40 year old kids that moved back in with mom and dad because, you know, the recession hit and, uh, now it's time for them to go to camp, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like adults do <laughs> fucking kids. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, we, uh, were like, Hey, this is great. It's a nice little playoff of like those, uh, crappy, shows like um 90210 where they cast 30 year olds as teenagers <laughs> so it's like yeah that oh, makes sense yeah. that's yeah. a trope you're right yeah yeah so it's like oh we'll, we'll play off of that and you know uh, our main mad max like character uh hagar he comes upon the kids and hijacks them and takes them to camp crash where instead of like rowing a boat and uh, learning, uh, you know, the art of uh, making friends and uh, you know, uh, you know, doing uh, macaroni, uh, you know, pictures or some stupid shit, campfire songs and and uh, volleyball and you know whatever else, uh, poison ivy. You learn, you know, the art of war, and you, you and every day you battle to be the camp director. You know, and it's not a pleasant war. It is not pleasant. So it's um, so you know the poor kids they they got to go through that shit. You know, and it's and it's it's fucking hilarious. It's it very, sounds amazing. Oh, it's it, it'll it'll be so much fun. We we uh, we did a script reading a couple months ago and got like uh, you know ten or twelve people. Enigma was there too. I, I of course I'm going to write him as a character. He's like, oh, can I play myself? He's like, no. <laughs> You cannot. I'm going to paint you all pink. And, uh, <laughs> you know, these are your lines. He's like, oh, well, at least I get lines. He's like, good. You know, and, you know, it's, it's a short part. You know, I, in the script, I call him Oracle Pete. He's like, why the fuck would you call me that? Oracle Pete? Oracle Pete. That's going to be his character. That's a great name. Yeah, I thought so, too. Everybody else gets, like, really interesting, more elaborate, unpronounceable names. And it's like, hey, I'm Oracle Pete. I promise you, Eric has a hard on right now. Uh, from the time that we started talking I, about Isolation I tell Man, by the stance he's taking, he's uh, he's got to go wide on that. He's got the shittiest taste in movies. Oh, um, me too. But but he loves this style. So I could promise you, the first thing he's going to say on on the way out tonight is, "Dude, we got to watch Isolation Man tonight." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. It's like get ready to burn your eyes out. <laughs> 
And there must be something about this environment because that was his first comment when we were driving in here too, is like, oh my God, this looks like the scene of a movie. There should be fights taking place. Yeah, though there and there will be. In the script there will be. In movies the dirty shit always goes down where yeah. like there's cars trashed and uh Yep. And I promise you I will love isolation, man. You put more work into these the storyboards up here than I put into anything in my entire life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know how you Trust do me, so much. <laughs> I don't know how you do night. so much shit, man. How do you have like comic books and you write those? And I'm sitting in a room full of art, and you're working on a movie. And Doug mentioned seven other things in the car on the way over here. How the fuck do you keep up with all of this? Uh, no kids, so that helps. Um, I don't have kids either. And yeah. Oh, I. Uh, yeah, I, I have a real hard time just like sitting still. My mind's always racing. Um, but you know, with a lot of the people I work with, you know, I mentioned Jay James, uh, McFarlane enigma too, is, is one of those guys that he's just, he's always, they're always on, they're always off. Uh, that's just how they're wired. I'm not quite to that level. I don't think like I, I actually do sleep. Um, of course, you know, Doug, you pay attention to my, uh, my posts on, on Facebook, you know, it's always something in coffee. It's always, you know, blondie and coffee or black flag and coffee. And yeah, it's, um, so it seems like I drink a lot of coffee and I, I can, uh, at night I can just turn off. It's, it's fine. I'm just so acclimated, I guess, to caffeine that it doesn't really affect me. Dan and I met, it's about yeah. 20 years ago yeah. now. We're still young. Yeah, yeah. We, we were. We you still, we you still, had hair. Well, I had hair back then, but I'm saying we're young now. And we, oh, yeah, we're we were st- younger, right? Yeah, we were younger. Yeah, I mean, we still look good for our ages, right? This is the support group part? I'm at my favorite part of my life right now. Cool, yeah. So I have to assume that all three of us are. I've got my scars. Yeah. My body's a roadmap to pain. <laughs> <laughs> had you just finished art school at that point? Um, so I was a freshman back in 96, and then... I did two years of the illustration program there. Prior to that, I, I did I had a like a near death experience, um, and it left me with a lot of uh, uh, migraines and stuff. So two years into it, that's when like computers were really starting to take over. With um, you know, like graphic design had been uh, the thing with the computers, you know, at that point, but also with the illustration component too. That was that was one thing. I, I took the the last. Uh, freehand technical illustration class that they they offered there and uh, I sucked at it but anyway uh, with the, the migraines and stuff sitting at the computer I was I was blacking out and I was having really bad headaches looking at the screen all the time and and I was I was flunking like at that point probably graphic design one or graphic design two or something something fun and I saw the uh, the kids yeah in, in uh, the fine arts department spe- specifically the sculpting department <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. It's all right, man. I can cut it all out. Good. <laughs> that was intermission. I'm leaving that uh, in, though. Yeah, as, <laughs> as you should. Uh, that is the neighborly thing to do, but you should tip. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I saw that the the sculpting kids were picking up chainsaws and you know welders and torches and there's fire and explosions and it's like wow that's exciting i want to go do that i don't know what it is and that they're doing but i want to be go be a part of that and it's probably the greatest experience of my life and you know looking back on it it's like i appreciate it more now than i probably did then because i was a young stupid kid i'm still a young stupid kid um well more of a man child (laughs) 
<laughs> less stupid. It was mildly less stupid. <laughs> I don't just dive into shit anymore you know, the way I used to. I uh, learned mold making uh, from Gary Staub. He he worked for Disney for a, a session on the film uh, Dinosaurs, their first CG animated uh, film, and that came out in '99. Uh, and he was he was doing scientific sculptures for uh, National Geographic, Smithsonian, you name it. He'd done you know life size dinosaurs and, and all kinds of stuff. And so I, I really uh, was able to do a lot of stuff with that, and then working with uh, uh, other, you know, like abstract and conceptual artists and, um, you know, instructors, you know, they really, you know, pushed me on like materials integrity and exploring the limitations of different materials and finding different uses for, you know, uh, everyday stuff and, and how to do things in a budget or how to, you know, when you don't have anything to work with, how can you be creative with nothing? And, you know, my experience has been, you are the most creative in that way. If, if you're given all the tools and all the money, you know, that you can possibly hope for, you're probably going to come up with less uh, innovative, you know, shit because, you know, then you don't have to explore as much. You, you know, you have uh, the universe at, at your beck and call. It's like, well, that's kind of, you know, my point of view now is that's kind of boring. You know, it's, you know, what can we do without having to do a lot? And, and that's been a lot more fun and a lot more adventurous. And, and I'm able to share that with other people that might be less familiar or, you know, they're, they're used to doing things now on, like in the comic book world, they're used to doing things on, on the computer and on the iPad and stuff. And, uh, I, I can't do that. And I, I admire that, you know, that they can, uh, cause that's another tool that, that I have yet to learn, you know, that I can now, I don't black out and have headaches as much i mean clearly i i can edit film that's hours and hours at the fucking computer helps to have a pinball machine in close proximity to burn off that that steam you know well and speaking of burning those kids may be able to to cook up some shit on an ipad but i don't see anyone out there working in the wood burning media i started doing uh the word burning stuff well uh along with my my sculpture stuff after graduating from uh um art school. Um, I was, uh, you know, doing, uh, gallery work and installation art and stuff and more abstract things. And, you know, uh, Patrick's probably, you know, familiar with some of the stuff I was doing at that time. Um, but, um, you know, it, I was uh, adding illustrated elements onto some of the wood pieces and, uh, back when, when my space was relevant, <laughs> vent, vent, vent. Um, back before it was it, uh, the Justin Timberlake years of you, management. You know, you can say you're young or you can say you used MySpace, but you can't do both. Kids, I'm not young. I've been lying to you this whole time. <laughs> I'm old man Witherspoon and I own the fucking amusement park down by the river. But if it wasn't for this dog and that kid, I would have gotten away with all those murders and, and also overcharging popcorn. I'm starting to worry about this episode ever seen the light of day. Are we going to make it out of here alive? I don't know. This is the definitely the scariest place I've ever recorded, right? And awesome. This might be yeah, the first awesome. episode of BitFace that we have to include pictures. Yes, yes. I think so, too. Uh, we can start with the bathroom. <laughs> I thought the bathroom seemed pretty tame, although there was some crazy shit happening on the way down there. Random body parts just kind of strewn all about. Oh, yeah. That's our ceramicist. Or we say it's our ceramicist. <laughs> Probably our resin guy. Yeah, it's the art of preserving the human body. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's there's some fun stuff. Yeah. Semi maniacal laugh. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, there's some fun stuff around here. But uh, you know, doing illustrated stuff on on wood. Small out of uh, the basement uh, publishers were asking me to to do covers and and on wood. Most of them were for horror comics and and uh, you know that whole weather shed uh, you know feel and look you know really well uh, lent itself well to that genre and that just segued to sequentials and stuff and and then I, I picked up uh, wood burning for a comic book series called uh, Bartholomew of the Scissors and so I kind of segued into that and did a lot of wood burning pieces here and there and drawing on wood, you know, one way or the other has always been my thing. And, uh, now I do, um, instead of hand wood burning, uh, I'll, uh, design stuff that, that will be laser cut later on. And so that, you know, I don't have to sit there for hours and hours, you know, with the hand wood burner, uh, I'll just draw it on paper if I know it's, that's the way it's going to go. And then uh, send it off to the laser cutter and have it laser etched in, into a wood or a veneer um, or whatever, you know, the finished medium is going to be. Um, but nowadays, if I do anything, you know, by hand, it's uh, it's going to be ink on wood and it's that multi-line stuff. Um, so this is a commission I'm working on right now. It's, it's MODOK. Yes, it is. Yay, it's the, the fucking humid head diaper guy, you know, from Marvel. It's like that that would be one visual I'm I'm really missing from uh the Marvel movies. Is Modoc? You think we Modoc. need more Modoc? Yeah, well, you know, like um I know we weren't gonna talk about Spider Man, but uh fuck off. Uh <laughs> but uh, you know, Spider Man has yeah, has uh, Michael Keaton's a vulture. To me that was uh, a really good depiction of, of that villain. You know, he kind of stands out, you know, like, uh, like, uh, Loki did in those films. Oh, you got Kurt Russell's ego. Fuck it. It's, it's, you know, it's the bearded guy from, uh, big trouble, little China, you know, just with less better lines. I thought Keaton did a great job. Yeah. I don't want to talk anymore about Spider-Man there because Doug's going to get right. pissed. You guys yeah. aren't straying into spoiler territory so far. I, I appreciate that. And I've heard the same thing, that mm-hmm. Keaton is maybe the best comic book villain to date. The best one, you know, uh, since I think Loki. Anyway, that was refreshing because most of them are kind of throwaway depictions. You got to think the guy that would commission a Modoc is a pretty hardcore comic book fan, right? I think so. Uh, uh, his name's uh, Jordan Gonzalez. Yeah, and... He had me do um, uh, a Valentine piece uh, for with Deadpool at, some years ago. I can't even remember what I did. I just remember uh, some kids were uh, jump roping with his intestines or something. I think that's what I drew. I don't remember. They were jump roping with Deadpool's intestines? Yeah. I think it was around Valentine's Day that I gave that to him. So. Nothing says romance like jump roping with intestines, right? You as know, long as it's double dutch. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's uh, you know, what what a way to sacrifice yourself, you know, for the enjoyment of others. Here, take my intestines. It's okay if a little bit of poop comes through, just like a relationship. Movement. It's like yeah, it's like yeah. Sometimes this relationship gets shitty, just like mud pants. <laughs> so mud pants. <laughs> How long does it take you from coming up with an amazing idea like Camp Crash to this? Um, this is... Uh, or basically to script form, essentially, I guess. But I know this took longer than, than that <laughs> did because you had to have a script to start with. So, 
I like to say I start with outlines, but people that really know me are like, no, nah, I just fucking jump into it. And you usually, I don't, I usually have no idea where I'm going. Yeah. Some of the comic books tend to have outlines and then I go into, so I, I know where my point A, point B and point C you know, is, is going to be. But like with this, I was like, I had the idea of like, okay, I got the location. I've got my inspiration. Let's just write the script. So I just wrote the script. I'm like, well, what the fuck's happening? I have no idea what's going on. This is exciting and terrifying. I love it, you know? And uh, yeah, I'd be running at people with the script. Ah, you know, it's like, it's a fucking computer. You're an idiot. Go away. So annoying. My, my girlfriend, I love her to death. I'll be sitting there typing and I'm like laughing out loud, like like really gut-wrenching laughter and stuff. She's like, God, you are such a fucking nerd. <laughs> Just laughing at your own shit. You think you're the most brilliant guy. I am the most brilliant guy in these boxers in this room at this moment. So leave me alone or I'm going to fucking deep pants and just wipe my ass on everything. <laughs> she knows I would. I'd sit there, probably play with my uh, penis or something and talk with it like a puppet or some shit. She fucking, oh, she has to leave the room then. You go on the journey though. And I love yeah. that. I talk to writers pretty frequently, and a lot of them. Oh, I knew what the ending was the second I uh, the second I came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you take the trip yeah, along I, with the characters, and I think yeah. that's a wonderful way to write. Thanks. It's it's it was really fun. I yeah. I mean, it's it's cliched. It was fun. It was free, and, and but it was those things. I, I I had no idea where I was going. Um, I threw in. You know, yeah. There was one of those projects where I I could throw in the kitchen sink and I could get away with it. You know. Um, it's not like, you know, something where it's like American horror store and they throw in the kitchen sink cause you know, it's like, it's there, let's just do it. What the fuck, you know, and it makes for a horrible series. It's yeah, incredibly free and it, it, you, you don't have any restraints. You can do whatever you want, but I'm always, my thing when I write something, if it's going to be on film, I have to be able to, to trace the steps backward from point A to point B. How do you build that? How do you build that scene? How you know, is there going to be a prop? And one of the, one of my uh, tools, and a lot of people fucking hate it, is um, that you know, for for like the script side of Camp Crash, there's no character descriptions, there's no set pieces, there's no uh, specific like tool or weapon. You know, there's the action, and then there's the dialogue. And uh, one of the concepts behind Camp Crash is. Yeah, obviously don't have the resources, don't have, have very limited resources, uh, but is to make it a found object film wherein uh, whoever I cast, whoever's working on it, I'm asking them, go raid your garage, you know, go see what kind of costumes you can come up with, you know, what kind of uh, potential props or set pieces you can unearth. And uh, yeah, let's see if that, you know, that meets like the overall aesthetic, you know, how does it all tie in? How does that, that go for people that are you know, working with me on this. It, they seem to be excited, you know, by that, you know, and it, it might be a cop out might be me being lazy, but I think it's, um, you know, a, a fun way to like repurpose stuff and, and make it, you know, kind of that, that sense of community, um, where everybody's, you know, collaborating and, and working with each other to make the characters their own and to make the sets their own and, and make the props their own. Um, just like you would have in like Burning Man, you have all these fantastic groups of creative and some of them are not creative people, 
you know, uh, that come together with these massive set pieces and, and very well designed or not very well designed, you know, props and costumes and what have you. And it's, um, but it, you know, in, in that desolate landscape, you know, that, 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 you know, um, blank canvas, so to speak, um, they're able to erect this fantastic monument and, and, uh, uh, of innovation and, and community. And, and that's kind of what I want Cramp Crash to be, um, you know, as, as far as that, as some kind of weird, uh, you know, dystopian family, you know, that, uh, that kind of comes together for this, this project. And then we, we film the whole thing and, and we've got a record of it and uh, of, of those events, uh, for, um, you know, um, blackmailing purposes <laughs> and, and yeah and then you know we can go off and do the the rest of our life and stuff and if we so choose not never see each other again i hope that's not the case <laughs> wow you just wrote like another screenplay right there in, in, in your description of of that whole process so that's uh that's amazing it's really impressive and and you compared to yourself to you know some of your contemporaries earlier and maybe you weren't quite at that level well compared to us mortal folks you're absolutely prolific uh, well I appreciate that but I, I think with anybody and everybody if there's something you know creative or innovative you know, even if it's not just fucking go out there and try and do it you know, and there's we're all in our 40s I, I I'm still you know, trying to figure out what I want to do. And, uh, <laughs> when you grow up, yeah. You know, when I grow up or, you know, hopefully when I die, I'll, I'll, I'll know what I want to do after that. You know, it's, uh, but, but I, I would say to, to anybody, just, just go out and do your thing. You guys are doing a, a podcast. That's a, you know, an amazing endeavor. Cause you gotta, you gotta go to the, the, the next thing, the next gig, the next, you know, if you, if you're a mobile thing or you got to organize all this stuff, it's not easy. You know, and, and we all got day jobs and stuff. You know, we all, we all got uh, other, uh, you know, priorities in our life. I, I know you've got kids, I think. They're... Shit, I got grandkids. <laughs> okay. He's not kidding. Wow, I'm speechless now. <laughs> really? I, did, I had no idea. I got kids that got kids. Well, congratulations. Yeah. You uh, got kids? Or that... something. <laughs> what the fuck? You got a bunch of tadpoles over there? Jesus Christ. He's part frog, you know, every warm season, he just spawns. <laughs> yeah, all I need is some warm sand and I'm good. Yeah, it's like, got a little bit of moisture, some warm sand, let's go pop some eggs. That's where he got the nickname Old Croc. Oh, nice. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to wear you. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, too. Oh, shit, now you guys are ganging up on me. I got to um, change the subject. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> quick, quick, look at that dead bird. So, <laughs> I was just wondering, though, when... When you're putting this movie together and you're asking this of, of actors, I can't imagine that all of them respond equally well to that kind of request or that kind of environment to work in because it can't be something that they're used to. No, it, they're they're not. It's um, if it's out of their comfort zone, it's it's pretty obvious. I, I just said, uh, all right, uh, before we set up, uh, we were talking about casting calls because uh, I, yeah, I had my first casting call ever uh, for this project. And, uh, it was, it went remarkably well. Um, uh, I was really surprised at the, the reception and these were professionals coming in. I mean, they were on time. They had resumes and headshots. And I was like, I don't have any of this stuff, you know, and I'm the one telling you what to do. You should tell me what to do. G give me some feedback. <laughs> what, what do you think? 
You know, what's you're the perfect. You look amazing. <laughs> Your headshot says so. And their bought their body of work. You know, it's like I was in this commercial. I was in this film. I was, you know, I was the stand in on PBS. What amazing stand in you were. So immaculate. So profound. Maybe even benevolent. Um, but, but no, these, these guys were fucking amazing and they had their lines memorized. And it's just like, Oh, we got scripts. No, I don't need them. <gasps> and you're like, shit, I wrote that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, wow. Yeah. So, and, and we had, uh, before you guys arrived, uh, I had, uh, the, la- uh, a, a last batch of some auditions and, you know, they hadn't read the script, but you know, they're on top of it. And these are some, uh, you know, actors that I had worked with, uh, in the past, but in previous projects, it's like, um, yeah, I write a, I usually like to think that, you know, it might not always be true that I write, um, characters for some of my friends that I know would be good in front of the camera or have a big personality, you know, way bigger and more articulate than, than mine, because I am not articulate at all. And I, I really do have a, a fear of the camera, but I keep writing characters for myself. I, I think I just, uh, it might not be a conscious, you know, um, challenge, but I really sit like self, uh, you know, deprecating, you know, and, uh, just shitting all over myself and, and doing it for somebody else's amusement. So that Quentin Tarantino syndrome. Yeah. But my, yeah, uh, how I make a film is not nearly as polished or stylish as his. It's just like, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's trashy. I do like writing dialogue. I know. Yeah. He writes great dialogue. I think, um, you know, baby drivers, another one that, you know, a guy who really likes to write clever dialogue. Um, mine's not clever. It's just like fucking, uh, it's, it's just all shades of red all at once. You know, it's like, God, when's this going to end? You know, and it's just verbal assault. That's that's all I like to do. Um, some, yeah, I'm a one trick pony. <laughs> so if you're casting this thing, you have to be shooting pretty soon. Yeah, we're going to be shooting. Uh, so I, I broke the the yeah. Originally it was a, a film project, but I broke the script into uh, episodic uh, uh, format. So we're shooting like every six or seven pages is basically an episode. So it's it's pretty fun it's a fun little challenge uh my friend q uh recommended that and he's like well you don't have the financial resources to just go out and shoot a whole film in like a month you know uh there's just no way i don't see that happening especially with the the kind of content he read the script oh poor guy poor poor guy um he him and his buddy uh, gerard i mentioned gerard before he's uh, one of the illustrators on the show devil's books um i sent him both uh, the script fucking q read it at work and he's at his cubicle just cracking up laughing and he's like texting me every five minutes what the fuck is this shit <laughs> holy shit what the fuck are you writing here it's like i i have no idea what what you just said it's funny as hell though and, and like gerard's also texting me he's like i can hear a q across the room he says you sent him something what the fuck is this that you sent him the whole office is just like looking up and like over because this this poor kid's laughing so loud so that was encouraging i was like hey anything to get you guys in trouble in work i'm for okay you know yeah man next time if it's marked uh, not safe for work probably don't open it 
<laughs> and you got to have a cue. I mean, John Luke Picard right. and uh, yeah. James Bond. Bond they they yeah. both have cues. So yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Q. Yeah. His his real name's uh, uh, Cutis, and uh, he's uh, he's Hawaiian. Uh, I think he's Samoan. Dude, you can't confuse those two. One of them will murder you. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> and but, the other one just has awesome dances and pineapples. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he refers to himself as Hawaiian, but. Yeah, you know, they're definitely native islanders. Uh, they're not us, you know, white fuckers. Howleys. Howleys, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that episode of uh, um, South Park. We what? missed each other at Denver Comic-Con. Yeah, how was that for you guys? We had a great time. And cool. you you were there with a, is it Miss Assembly? No, uh, I was, uh, you know, one of my other outfits is Dink, Denver Independent Comic and Art Expo. Right. Which you guys should come out for uh, next year. It'll be our third year. Um, and I, uh, co-founded that with, uh, uh, Charlie LaGreca, uh, Jeff LaGreca and, and Jim Norris. And that was, uh, we did our first one back in, uh, March of 2016. And, um, you know, Charlie, as you probably know, are, is, uh, the co-founder, um, of, uh, uh, Denver comic-con along with, uh, Frank Romero. And, uh, so, uh, you know, Charlie's, uh, he's no longer a part of, uh, Denver comic-con. Uh, moved on. We, you know, we're doing the, the dink thing now, but he still has a booth there. So, you know, we like to promote whatever dink's doing and whatever Charlie's doing. And, and, uh, we like to host, uh, some of the local artists, uh, too. Um, and, um, you know, it's just such a, uh, amazing, um, you know, tapestry of, uh, of talent that we have on the, the local scene. Um, well, you guys know, you've you know, probably interviewed quite a few of them. Um, uh, but uh, so we'll, we'll have them at our booth and stuff. And so I, I was basically there, there as a manager. Do you imagine me managing other people? I can't manage myself. <laughs> I'm just leaking fluid all over the place. And it's just like, oh, God, fucking toddlers. It's all that coffee. It should be. It better be. If it's something else, probably get it checked out. <laughs> uh, uh, that looks tumorous. You should probably burn that off. So it sounds like you had a great con. Um, I had fun. Um, yeah, I yeah, uh, for me like those the big box cons. Uh, you've been to one, you kind of been to them all. I like the smaller conventions better yeah. for interviews. I yep. like it better for accessibility yeah. to people. Agreed. I like it better because people seem to have more fucking time. And if I wanted to stop to talk to you at Denver Comic Con, mm-hmm. no fucking way that was happening oh. with those aisles of people yeah. moving back and forth. So no, I'm, I'm with you. I prefer the smaller, more intimate cons. In fact, after DCC's experience this year, I think we're going to go back to doing okay. doing smaller cons or going to do cons that aren't DCC, like going to Atlanta and doing Dragon Con. Oh, that'd be fun. Going to see places we haven't seen before. Yeah. Denver's community is very tight. Uh, everyone knows everybody. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, when I pull out an issue and I see Stan Yan's yep. name on here, it's like, oh, that's the first artist we ever had on BitFaced. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Stan's, Stan's amazing. Uh, he's one of the first... When I started doing comic books, he's one of the first uh, you know, guys that uh, uh, local comic book artist that, that I met and, uh, and I uh, participated in his uh, Squidworks outfit for a little while. And, and uh, you know, through that uh, met a bunch of other, you know, creative, uh, you know, talents. And you know, through him, I met, you know, Carl Crumfoltz and, and uh, Lonnie Allen. And, and those guys are off doing fucking amazing work. Just, you know, just, you know, blows my mind. Yeah. One day I hope to, to be as, as interesting as, as they are, but, uh, but I don't know. They're, 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 there's, 
their work is is very refined and uh, most of it's like autobiographical and i'm still doing like poop and fart jokes over here you know so you know i there's at the moment i'm not really striving to be as as deep and profound as as they are they might not either but yeah it's when i when i see their work it's um i find it absolutely remarkable and 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 inspiring there's something to be said for poop and fart jokes though there's a reason that they've worked for the entirety of time as far as mm-hmm. as, as i know as far as back as plays have been done yeah. to now it, it works so i don't think there's anything wrong i play in the medium myself there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever i don't think yeah me too uh, it's the texture <laughs> There's Yay. the name of your episode right there. <laughs> you, could, you might just want to drop the mic and walk away because that was fucking gold. Yeah, it's very rare on BitFace. I even try or worry about letting someone have like the final joke. You can take it all the rest of the time, okay? <laughs> Normally, that's my job. I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. Just just sit back and enjoy. <laughs> enjoy this ride. T- take a note from Dan and how he writes his screenplays. Just just enjoy where you are, right? Yeah, yeah, pr- yeah. Pretty much. Just just be glad you're here, and that'll probably end soon. <laughs> <laughs> we say that every week. So yeah, <laughs> you're sweating. I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little it's, hot. It's it's warm in here. There's, and, and the headphones too. Yeah. No. Uh, no. The real- headphones don't help me at all. Yeah. No, no real air conditioning. I'm sorry. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, they, you know, obviously when they uh, made this into artist studios, they they unplugged the re- giant refrigerator. So, you know, it would be kind of unfounded to uh, have, uh, you know, hanging me on a hook, you know, and just, I don't know, might be kind of delicious. Who knows? I've heard that discomfort is one of those uh, things that people use in the creative process, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, I'm pretty conscious of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sitting on a broken chair. Uh, before you guys showed up, I came in to clean up, and uh, I had uh, a big mountain of mess on uh, my table here. And it was all the like um, plaster molds and clay and stuff from uh, some of the uh, uh, the demos I'd been doing for the Denver Art Museum a, a few weeks ago. And I just never bothered to, to clean up. It's like, oh, I got a reason now. Fucking came in, big uh, mold on the floor. And sure enough, you know, that was the first thing I went to. I should trip over this. So I did. <laughs> and uh, it's like, oh, you know, face, meet concrete. It's like, oh, I should roll into this. So I rolled and I, you know, fucked up my shoulder. It's this, oh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Let me get this much closer to my mouth. It's so nice. That's much better. It's so knobby. It's so round. I love your fire, man. I'm so glad we're getting this on tape. <laughs> yeah, share, share it to the world. That's My regret fine. is we didn't start taping in like 20 minutes earlier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's some nuggets coming from my, you know, uh, barbecue sauce. You know, one thing I, uh, I I'm sorry, I, I had no response to that. I, <laughs> one thing I complain about a lot, I love Colorado, but mm-hmm. I, I bemoan the lack of uh, like a big music scene or a really kind of culture in general. But Eric's right. We do have a, a great uh, community when it comes to like the artists like yourself and a deep, deep appreciation of of pop culture. Um, what's the trick to bridging the gap between people that like uh, a Marvel comic book 
and uh, getting them into the the local artists and an appreciation for what they're doing well that's 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 a that's a really good question actually um i don't think there's really you know much of a a gap there i think they're there they just don't know it um you know they're inundated especially like with pop culture you know having these old classic characters being repurposed for a new medium film. Uh, and, but they've always been kind of part of video game uh, lore for the last 25, 30 years, maybe. So they, you know, these things exist in, in all types of uh, different mediums. Well, independent comics um, also exist in those same mediums and can be found. Uh, they exist in, in um, you know, uh, movies there's a couple video games out there too uh but the nice thing with the you know the independent stuff they're they're you know kind of foraging ahead and and finding new ways to connect with uh audiences new mediums altogether new technologies um you know i i do laser engraved comics nobody else fucking does that I, I know of one or two guys, they might do licensed work for Marvel and DC, but they're not doing their own uh, unique, you know, creative uh, uh, thing that they own, that they say you know, is theirs, and then sharing it with the world. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I might be like rambling on. Uh, it's probably one of those things where if I keep talking, something smart will come out of my mouth. Dude, keep talking. Oh, God. Yeah. So I was like, well, what's that? Come. Uh, that wasn't there before. <laughs> yeah. People that, that really are just into Batman DC, they just need to be educated and, and uh, connected with. Um, one of the, the fun things I like when I've got a table at a convention or, or at an event, I, I, I like talking. I like it clearly. God, this guy would shut up. Um, but I, I do like to talk. And, you know, that's how I sell myself in my works. I'm very bad at selling other people's stuff. And it's like, this is Bill. You know, he's, he's I guess he's great. But my shit's a fucking amazing. I got a puzzle man, you know, who's actually real and all this stuff. So I, I like to communicate. And it, it just goes on tangents. And then we, you know, you, you try and find that, that common connection, that hook, you know. And then you got something in common, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I like Superman and Batman, too. You might like my uh, my uh, character, Mr. Skinsman. He can do anything. He can do anything better than you. And, um, you know, you, 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 you introduce them that way. You got to figure out that that hook, what that commonality is. And then just uh, I hate to say it, but, you know, exploit it, exploit it to some extent. Um, and that's a bad choice of word. Uh, but uh, you really got to, you know, just dig in and utilize, you know, cause if you pass up that point, that's, that's also a missed opportunity to connect with maybe another human being, maybe another human being. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, that's kind of what it's all about is, is like, you know, just it, that exchange of ideas and having that meaningful interaction. Um, I, I think uh, a lot of artists do have a really hard time, you know, if they're doing their own thing and it's outside that mainstream, you know, and, and they're not a salesman or they're not a great communicator, but they can communicate through their work. So they need do need somebody to champion what they do that has that love and appreciation and can convey that to another person. You know, you just go, you know, just go up to you know, it's like, Doug, you've got to check out, you know, uh, you know, 
uh, delicate by Lonnie Allen. It's fucking amazing. It's all his, you know, awkwardness, you know, thrusted upon you. And all you can do is relate and laugh. And it's so engrossing. And then check out Superman. He dies again. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. You see that? Ooh, I, like, I will have that fucking bottle of ketchup in my white gloves. So I think what I heard you say then is, is a lot of these artists need uh, to someone to be their voice. Yeah, if, if you can't be your voice, you need to either learn to be your voice or you need to work with other people that can be that mouthpiece. Kind of like a, a podcast. Kind of like a podcast. <laughs> exactly. I don't see what you're doing here. You want to be the voice circle. of a generation. The 40-year-old generation. Hey, you know, that's uh, that's really who we uh, who we kind of speak for, though. It's sad to say. Like Eric said earlier, it's one of the, mm. the neatest things about doing this is like, all the cool people that we get to meet. Yeah. And if we can turn someone on to someone else's work, then yeah. that's just gravy. I mean, that that's why we're here today. That's yeah. why we're talking to you is to make more people aware of, of what Crozier's up to and all the cool shit that he does. You're the man with a finger and a thousand pies, which now that I say it out loud... It doesn't sound that it bad. It sounded better in text, I think, than it did out loud. I think it sounded better out loud, don't you? <laughs> I, I think it sounds... Do you like fine. to be the man with a finger and a thousand pies? <laughs> yeah. I've, I, I'm I don't not, think... I'm happy to put my finger in your pie. That's fun. You know, if I can help out that way, you know, check the temperature or something, you know, just maybe the texture, get Don't, a good read. It's like, Oh, it needs to go back in the oven a little bit longer. There's nothing wrong with being a pie checker. Then no. lay it, lay it down on some wood, lay it down on some wood. There, there is something to be said about fucking that pie too. I mean, that can be you know, kind of profound, but it's, that's also 20 years out of date. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now it's more, yeah, yeah, yeah. More now it's more of a measured, you know, scientific. No, it's not good for fucking. So congealed. <laughs> What's your next event? You got a, a mm-hmm. show or a con coming up? One of the next events is uh, I'll be at uh, Fort Collins uh, Comic Con. We will um, be there too. Sweet. Yeah, swing by uh, the Dink booth and uh, Miss Assembly. You know, that's that's my company. We'll also have a booth there, so I'll be managing both. So I'll be uh, I'll be double fisting it, um, so that'll be pleasant. And then uh, I think um, sometime that weekend, um, Greeley, where I'm from, where I grew up, they're having something called Monster Day that uh, Distortions Unlimited is uh, producing with the city of Greeley. So it's kind of like uh, the zombie, uh, the drunken zombie crawl that you see on 16th Street. And, uh, but this one's going to be more. Uh, family oriented uh type thing so you can bring out your little tykes and and uh you know your spawn and uh you know just uh you know dress them up all cutesy and gremlin outfits and stuff i think i I think actually the uh their um their mascot is is a gremlin i think it's called uh, the greeley gremlin i saw that today um but there's yeah distortions is involved and yeah, I know pretty much everybody that works there and uh, a number of the, the sculptors, too. Half of the sculptors are like Hollywood guys, too, that, you know, some of them got their start out with distortions in fucking Greeley like 35 years ago and shit. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. You can start out here and go and do really cool stuff and, you know, work on uh, James, uh, James uh, Cameron's uh, shitty Avatar movie and stuff, you know. <laughs> So like yeah, I'm working on a shitty movie, but the paycheck's amazing. I can't believe they're making four more of those. Yeah, it's, I think they they kind of missed that window. Um, so it's just it's like it's now almost ten years later, and it's just like 
you know, when it came out, it's like, yeah, I made a shit ton of money, but where's the, the culture relevance? There's no fandom. Yeah. I've never seen something make that much money. Yeah. And, and there's no, do you know any Avatar fans? Well, is it, no, uh, uh, Enigma is, but I think it's because he's blue. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Enigma gets a pass. Well, I, I keep writing them on that. It's like, whatever. It's like, you know, <laughs> you're CG and you're more believable. <laughs> That was the one question that that I wrote for today in the event that he was here is is why blue? Yeah, he, he told me once. You know what? I have a feeling that we'll we'll end run up, into him. Yeah, we'll, yeah, probably a truck stop. Maybe Fort Collins. If I don't know if he's going to be there, uh, some con or event in the near oh, future. He'll be at the the Denver County Fair, so he'll be performing his sideshow all weekend uh, over there. So yeah, if you if you guys get get the opportunity, go check him out. Um, yeah, I think a, a lot of my friends are going to be performing over there. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, um, you know, uh, Andrew Novick, you know him? I don't. That name? Okay. Uh, you, back in the late 80s, early 90s, he had a really popular band called the Warlock Pinchers, and they would, you know, perform with Red Hot Chili Peppers, and, you know, they would, like, co-headline shows with the Melvins and stuff. And and uh, it was just, it was like that uh, beginning of... Uh, like uh, metal rap or whatever. What do they call that? Like new metal or something like that. But, it, but for them, it was all like, you know, intellectual pop culture reference shit. So they were singing songs about how shitty Morrissey was and, uh, you know, singing about uh, how uh, Crispin Glover never shows up on time on set or anything. And <laughs> that's it, true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there were great fucking songs and, and uh, they did, uh, they did uh, a, um, reunion uh back in 2010 and they did like two or three shows at, at the gothic theater and they sold out everything and uh i forget the guy's name but the the drummer the regular drummer for the melvins was their drummer crover dale yeah, crover yeah yeah so uh so the, yeah and, and uh, they they did a, a melvin's light opener for the warlock pinchers so is is you know, buzzo and and uh and uh Corver. and uh you know they they opened up for sort of the warlock pinchers and then, and then he performed with the, the warlock pinchers. It was fucking epic. It was like, Holy shit. That sounds amazing. It was, I was so happy to be there for one of those shows. Uh, but anyway, so he'll be there. Um, and he, he does, uh, like these, uh, really fucked up pancake breakfasts. It's just everything <laughs> that should not, and you know, go into a pancake. He puts in the pancake. You want a pancake with Twizzlers? We'll fry that up. You want a pancake with, uh, you know, that's that's only chocolate and no batter? We'll do that too. You know, it's just, you know, it's just like, oh, you you want uh, one with anchovies? We'll do that as well. It's like, oh, gross. Um, but you know, he, he does that, and it's, uh, you know, he he does these interesting little pop up restaurant things, and he's also, um, I think he's the. Um, Oh, what is he? He's he's a physicist, but I think he also like uh, <laughs> works on uh, the Doomsday Clock in uh, in Boulder. I think he measures, you know, that. Um, so all the you know internet data and, and all the the social you know media. <laughs> anyway, he's an interesting cat. So talking about um, you know cohesiveness in, in different creative communities in, in Denver, I think you know I think most of the creative communities are relatively cohesive. Yeah, if if you're not like in them, it might not seem that way. Um, but like the when I was doing OFM and stuff, like the further along I I got 
doing that performance with all the big monster costumes and, and uh, you know, the band and, and blowing shit up. Yeah, you know, we were working with all kinds of bands and, and the occasional promoter and uh, lots of venues. And, uh, and it seemed like a really tight outfit. And it was just getting tighter. Everybody knew each other. I mean, everybody also had their little dramas, so that was pretty entertaining. It's like, oh, fucking soap operas. This is great. I'll just sit back and watch my stories. Um, but but that's I think that's true of like you know any you know any group like that. You're gonna have that. Um, so uh, it, it, it's it's been pretty entertaining watching local guys on the comic book scene become very popular, and they're going off to do big image books or big dark horse or big. Marvel and DC books. And, and I think that's absolutely great. Cause that, that brings more, um, uh, you know, familiarity to the local scene, you know, you know, they bring more outside interests, I think. Um, and even though like people might not locally know what's going on here, you know, I think there's a, a lot of people outside of the state or outside Denver that's more familiar with what's going on in the independent scene. And what might be happening? I think the same is is true of of music. You know, you've got uh, like Devochka, and uh, unfortunately, you got the free. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> but but they are bringing you know a level of clout, you know, and, and and interest to seeing you know what's going on, you know, locally. You know, it's like what other things are happening and stuff. Um, you know, fine art. Uh, film to an you know, to an extent, I think it that's you know that's such a a big uh, you know production that I think it's just now starting to to get its 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 legs, and I've I've got a, a number of friends that uh, you know have had national success and uh, you know in, in doing that they're not doing films I want to do, but you know, you know, hurrah for them. Cause they're, they're doing amazing shit. Um, in fact, the Spider-Man movie, the director's a local guy. He's from Colorado Springs, you know, John Watts. And his last movie was, I don't know if you've cop what, car. Yeah. It's fantastic. Both films are, are excellent. Yeah. And they shot that in Atlanta, which when I'm from Atlanta, 10 years ago, they weren't shooting every movie in Correct. Atlanta. Yeah. Colorado needs to figure out what Atlanta did because everyone wants to shoot down there now. Yeah. It's tax breaks. It's tax breaks. Um, I don't think that's um, something that's going to... Well, they, they had um, tax incentives. It was the beginning of that. And then I think uh, they let that the time run out on that on uh, certain local tax incentives. Um, and then you know the stuff that's supposed to be bringing the bigger productions... You know, that pretty much it's so small that it pretty much one or two productions pretty much soak that up. So you had like the the Hateful Eight. Uh, I had a few friends that that worked on that production and and uh, like most of the incentives pretty much went to that. There might be uh, one or two other, you know, productions that, that got those tax incentives. But it wasn't really like bringing the jobs. It was nice experience but those jobs are temporary jobs yeah so it's like you know when they say hey we're gonna go open up this uh pipeline and it's gonna make so many you know jobs it's like yeah well those are building jobs once it's built the majority of those jobs are going to go away and then you just got the maintenance crew that needs to facilitate that or the monitoring crews you know it's like those are probably the, the only ones that really are substantial i suppose um but, but like, uh, you know, for, for like local film, 
It's like, don't wait for that shit. Fucking just go out and do it. Figure out what you can with the shit that you have right now and fucking go out and do it. Just do it. You know, I am a shitty Nike commercial and my name is Dan. I don't think there's a better way to, to wrap today than, than how you just ended. Jesus, man. I, I, I can't say enough to, to echo your sentiment because it's, it's exactly the case, whether I guess it comes to art or whether it comes to this. Mm-hmm. There's no podcasting school. Yeah. You, you fucking, you turn the mic on and you go. And, and yeah, it's going to be terrible for years. Shit, it still is. But you, you still do it. So yeah, that's, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Did we get everything plugged that you needed to plug today? Good, sir. I, I, I hopefully I, you know, like, like I said, when I do have hair, I am blonde. So I'll probably remember shit. Oh, I should have said this and I should have said that. But that usually comes to me days later because I'm very slow in the mind. That's right. Eric and I have another show. So we love to sit down with you again and I have okay. a feeling we will at some point in the near yeah. future. No, it'd be great. Yeah. You, you guys are always welcome in my house. Well, thank you for the having slaughterhouse. us. Slaughterhouse. Yeah. This has been definitely the most interesting place I've ever recorded a, uh, a podcast. We will have to take some pictures. Uh, even, I mean, from the way in, when we started driving in, I was like, this is going to be fucking killer. Like this, yeah. this is awesome. In that, um, I'm not getting out of here alive. Am I? Yeah. Doug. And he's just like, no, don't. <laughs> I don't. normally trust Doug to take me to fun places. Yeah, don't don't make eye contact. Whatever you do, don't don't do that. <laughs> kind of hard on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the viewers can't see it, so just, uh, that's probably good. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on and and, t- and talking to us and making me laugh my ass off uh, this evening. Seriously, oh. I try to really keep it together on the cast. There's been a couple times when I've had to uh, I've had to kind of throw that strategy out the window, and tonight was one of those times. Thank you, oh. thank you so much. Because I again I try to keep it together, but once mm-hmm. the jokes kept going, I was like, you know what, fuck it, dude. I'm just gonna enjoy <laughs> myself. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. No, I I, I I do appreciate you know what you guys do and, and coming out and and giving uh, weirdo creators like me you know that uh, that platform. Well, yeah, and we're we're gonna keep doing it. So. Anytime you want to come back on either podcast, either BitFaced or on uh, Doug and I's other podcast project challenge, we'd love to have you, man. It was it was wonderful to talk to you. Yeah. No, it's great talking to you guys, too. It's always good to see you. I'm going to do an untraditional close tonight. I'm going to tell you guys, uh, in the words of Dan Crozier, just get out there and fucking do it. <laughs>